Hi, welcome to the American Coin Out podcast. Since 1960, American Coin Out magazine has been the independent voice of the self-service laundry industry. I'm your host and editor of the magazine, Bruce Beggs. I've served American Coin Op since 2011, and I'm in my 32nd year as a reporter editor. Equipment mix, amenities, hours of operation, and staffing all contribute to a vended laundry success, but it could be argued that the most important factor is store location. Evaluating things like visibility, parking options, area demographics, infrastructure, adjacent businesses, and nearby competitors can help someone decide if a site is a good candidate for a store or if they should look to set up shop elsewhere. Joining me on the podcast today is Brian Maxwell. Brian has worked in sales and marketing for Dexter Commercial Laundry Equipment Distributor Western State Design since 1988. During that time, he's helped hundreds of clients build and re-equip their laundries, and Brian considers his greatest accomplishment to be partnering with clients and changing their financial futures. He joins me today from his office in Hayward, California. Good morning, Brian, and welcome to the American Coin Op Podcast. Good morning. What are demographics? I mentioned demographics in the intro. That's kind of a, it's a term that maybe not everybody's familiar with. What are demographics and why are they important in helping someone decide where to locate a laundry? Uh, demographics are a snapshot of a given neighborhood. Um, you can learn things about income level, family sizes, the ethnic makeup. There's just a lot of things that you can learn about a given area, and you can look at anything from, you know, very, very close to the potential laundromat site up to 5, 10, 20 miles away. You can actually sort these, and they're based on census information uh, that's provided to the government, and they're very, very, very useful tools. Okay. The demographic reports are going to show some real critical data of a given community, and, and there's a few things that I typically look for in a, a report like that. Probably the first one to look at is the number of renters and the renter percentage. Obviously, in an area that has high renters, uh, there's a greater likelihood that they're going to use a laundromat than something with less renters. You also uh, look at income levels. Someone who is on the lower economic wrong and, and, and has uh, less resources, there's a greater chance that they won't have the resources to own and operate their own uh, laundry equipment, and so there's a greater chance that they're going to come in to a store. If you end up in a community with a, a large uh, ethnic population, with uh, large families, with you know five, six, seven children, uh, obviously the opportunity for uh, a laundromat in that area is going to be greater than in an environment with smaller families. You're going to use a lot of larger washers, 60s and 80s, 80-pound washers, to address the needs of that community. And so demographics really give you an insight as to what the potential is in a given area and also what kind of a store uh, you're going to put into that area. What kind of infrastructure? Um, We're talking about adequate square footage utility availability and connections, things like that. What kind of infrastructure is needed to accommodate a laundromat? I have seen many successful laundromats that are under 1,000 square feet, and I've seen laundromats that are, you know, three, 4,000 square foot that are also successful. Um, I think it's very important that um, you understand the community, understand the competition, understand what's, what the needs are, and then build an appropriate-sized laundry. 
Now, some of the things that make laundromat locations difficult is understanding the building themselves. For instance, if the, the building has a wooden floor and has a basement underneath it, that's going to limit your options as to what manufacturers you can purchase from. There's options available, but it's going to limit your choices. Secondly, I think when you start going into multi-unit housing, uh, where they have retail spaces on the first floor and then there's apartments and things uh, up above, you have to deal with some practical questions of how do you get the exhaust out of the building? Um, is there a place where you can safely exhaust it with, you know, and still comply with, with codes as far as uh, combustion air and, and so forth? I think working with a local distributor that will uh, help you look at a location um, and make sure that it makes sense for you, I, I think it is really important. As far as the infrastructure, as far as utilities, those types of things, it's rare that you're going to have the utilities that you need in a given facility. Connecting into the water and sewer system should be one of the first things that are researched in any given location. The, the issues that have, have been most pressing, at least on the West Coast, have been the ability to get water at any price and then the ability to connect into the sewer. And there's really two different fees that are associated with that. Uh, one is the actual cost of building or connecting into the sewer. And, and then the second is the, is the right to do that. Probably the most extreme example is up in the Sonoma wine country. I had a potential site years ago that was just a beautiful place to build a laundromat. It, it, it was needed. And in that particular location, the impact fees to connect into the sewer were $20,000 a washer. So needless to say, 20, we didn't put in... $20,000 a washer. Oh, my goodness. Once you've found a location that's viable, um, the, the very first thing I would do before signing any lease or, or purchasing a property is I would research the availability and cost of water and sewer. Let's talk about getting into and out of a store site, and by that I mean uh, vehicular traffic. How do surrounding roadways and parking areas factor into ranking the possibilities in terms of sites that are available? I think there's some obvious things that if you're trying to reach a specific shopping center or location or a standalone laundromat and it's a busy intersection and you have a difficult time making you turn from that area, realize that if you get frustrated, your customers probably will too. In addition to just the physical access of getting to the laundry, I think there's some important things to think about. Let's say, for instance, you go into a shopping center and it's a great center with, with an anchor tenant or a couple anchor tenants. Think about parking. For instance, if the space that becomes available is right next to the anchor tenant, will there be any parking available? If I was to go into a shopping center with a large anchor tenant, that would be wonderful, uh, assuming that the lease rents uh, make sense and, uh, in all the other variables that we've been talking about. But you want to be as far away from that anchor tenant as possible because you want to be you want the attraction of that center, but you don't necessarily want people coming in to buy groceries to take your spot all the time. So think about practical things of people bringing in glad bags full of clothes and where are they going to park and how do they get into this, the facility? Physically, how do people do this? 
if it's easy, people will come. If it's harder, maybe people will choose another facility. You know, I often see laundromats and shopping centers. Are there benefits to locating in that type of surroundings versus maybe building a freestanding store? You know, I think that I've seen both that are successful. Typically, if it's a standalone building, many times you own the building and the property. Obviously, if you can control your destiny, that's a wonderful thing. You know, a, a good location will be a, a good location regardless. Um, there, there, are, there are neighboring tenants in shopping centers that, that are, are better than others, um, meaning that, you know, if I was right by a bunch of liquor stores and a gambling place and a massage parlor, uh, it may be a low-income area, but that may not be a great place that your customers feel safe. Let's talk about competitors. Um, should the locations of competing laundries matter when you're looking for a site, or should that not play uh, a role in your decision-making process? I think you have to be aware of what's happening in a community. I think it, it goes without saying. I, I think you can... A, a well-run store will uh, attract new customers regardless of what the competition is. But obviously, if there's more competition, more quality competition, meaning stores that are well-run, it's going to make your your new venture more difficult. Uh, if the existing stores are not well-run, not well-lit, equipment is not maintained, and those stores are successful, you, you know, you know that there's an opportunity for, for you because those people are being abused, and if somebody just takes care of them, you'll attract a lot of a lot of those customers. So I think, you know, understanding how many stores are in a given area, how many stores are planned in a given area. I mean, if, are there potential sites that are coming on board? And then the quality of, of the locations themselves. I think all of those will determine whether or not it makes sense. If, if you've got two really well-run stores that are big and on either side of you, it, you may want to reconsider making an investment in that location. <laughs> right. Are, are there sites, talking about sites in general, are sites appropriate for laundromats still plentiful out there or have most of the good ones already been taken? I think there's opportunities. You know, there will always be opportunities for growth in this industry and, and for additional stores. Um, some markets are going to be more challenging than others, frankly, because of the impact fees that we've discussed and uh, existing competition and cost of real estate and so forth. But, uh, you know, I think that there's that you should always be looking. And in, in any given market, there's, there's probably an opportunity. Okay, Brian, we've talked about a lot of different things in talking about site selection strategies. But I'm certain that there's probably things we haven't touched on that, that would be valuable to share with our audience. What kinds of things have I missed? I have a, a line that I like to say is, is that people should know two things. They should know the is and what the will be. And it's the idea of, of do you really know what you're buying? We've talked about the demographics. We've talked about the impact fees and, and so forth. But it's, it's very important that you make an assessment for your business based on that location and you do all of your due diligence to understand what's happening in that area now, okay? So when you do your demographic study, is the, are the renters there? Are the, the populations there to support a laundromat? What are the impact fees? What are your current rent costs? 
what is the current competition, what's the current potential. All of that process is that a lot of times people go through that process, but they don't think about the what will be. Things rarely stay the same. And so some of the things that, that I think about and make sure that people are considering, for instance, is if you're going to have a huge wash and fold service that requires labor, um, there's a changing uh, cost associated with minimum wage. Can you account for that? Are there demographic changes in the neighborhood for your benefit or not? Maybe the, that low-income area that makes a, a, a great store that's a traditional laundromat, maybe you should build something that's a little bit hipper and cooler because it's gentrifying and millennials are moving into the area. And then lastly, I think, is when you're looking at, if you're, if you're not going to purchase the building yourself, when people look at the lease, uh, make sure that you really go through and, and evaluate what is the future of your lease. Uh, you know, when you're securing a long-term lease, um, make sure that you're securing it at the same terms. There's many times in options, there's market rate adjustments, and those market rate adjustments, if it's a gentrifying area, can be dramatic. If you walk into an area and you find an, a, a, a location that's great and you have a, an awareness of what's happening in the future, then you can plan accordingly and, and you have a greater chance of success. So this topic, you know, it's very broad-based, uh, and I think we've touched on a lot of, of, of aspects of it, but there's certainly a lot to consider. And I think that we've provided some, some really good information to our audience today. And so, Brian, I'm going to close today's podcast. Thank you again for uh, for sharing your time with us and your expertise. Thank you. The American Quinault Podcast is a production of American Trade Magazine's LLC Chicago, with music written by Nazar Ryback and provided by Hook Sounds. For more information about our podcasts, visit our website at AmericanCoinOp.com or consult The Wire, our weekly e-newsletter. And I welcome podcast feedback, including your topic suggestions, at my email, bbags at atm. AGS.com. For American Coin Op, this is editor Bruce Beggs, saying your cycle is up. <laughs>